So I live by this mantra and I share with everybody that I'm privileged to work with. Put you first, cause no harm. And that shows up in a different way. Put you first, <laughs> cause no harm. And there's a million ways to do that. I'll give you an example on how I do it. One of the ways that I practice my healing is that I'm intentional before I slumber and right when I awake. So the first hour of me being awake in an awakened state after slumber is dedicated to me and only me. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kipway Cooper, and I am so glad that you are here. Today, we're going to talk about something really fun, uh, a little scary, and very necessary. Today, we're talking about self-discovery, not the self that you were born into, not the self that your community says you got to be, not the self that gets you paid every couple weeks. Self as in who you wake up as, who you are when you go to sleep, that self-discovery. And we have a fantastic guest. Y'all listen, when I tell you there's thousands and thousands of dollars worth of game that's about to come at you right now, you're just not ready. So our speaker is an author, an educator, a human behavior specialist who uses psycho-spiritual, psycho-emotional, psycho-social approach to teaching individuals, groups, couples, and families culturally-based, non-colonized, therapeutic approach to counseling and therapy focusing on Black men's issues, relationship challenges, mental and health, emotional wellness. Y'all. I'm here with Dr. Curtis Jasper. How you doing, man? Thank you, brother. I am really, really well. Thank you for having me. This is a great day, so I'm fired up, man. Thank yes. you. I appreciate you, man, so much. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, man. Um, so I met uh, Dr. Curtis Jasper. Can we call you Kurt? Dr. Kurt? Can we call you Kurt? All right. All right, we, I met Dr. Kurt at a retreat in Atlanta uh, with a group of highly specialized individuals. And um, man, he, he gave us a, a, a whole therapy session. It's just like, uh, shout outs to Markwell Russell and the team for, for putting myself uh, in, the, in the room with such an incredible human being as Dr. Kurt. And so he agreed to come on here and, and give us a, uh, some of his own personal journey, and we're going to talk about some self-development, if that's cool with y'all. So, um, Dr. Kurt, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, born and raised in Chicago, man, just turned 50 on March 8th. Okay. Uh, Been in Atlanta 20 years, I'm on my 21st year. Wow. Um, Yeah, man, so I'm a father, 
children and one granddaughter. Uh, I started off professionally as an educator uh, before I moved into counseling. Uh, in between that time, I did a, a lot of business ownership and real estate investing, uh, a lot of schooling, a lot of reading, um, so and working with couples, obviously children. So I kind of put together uh, keep away this synthesis, this synthesis of, uh, of just <laughs> all of my professional lived experiences and bundled it up in a way that can I can uniquely serve uh, black people in particular, but people in general, uh, because we all are on this uh, this trend of mental health and wellness uh, and what therapy means to the black community. So, because I have lived this, right, not only went to school, I've lived this personal journey of healing, uh, I consider myself privileged, honored, uh, and obligated to add not only my expertise, but my experiences to what it means to live a healthy and well life. And so, any opportunity I can get to, uh, that I presented with to share that, I'm more than happy to do so if my schedule allows me to. That's amazing. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. I speak for all of us. Uh, we need it, whether whether we admit it or not. Um, if you know, we look around at one another and the community, the world at large, just as human beings, we need more of what you do, um, and we need it from all angles. Because you know, it it, it is difficult um, in some cases to break through to people. And so repetition is the is is you know it's one of the best ways to learn things. And so you know I think having as many representatives and as many different demographics and as many different you know from as many different walks of life, we got to cover this thing front to back. You know, and so um, I'm really thankful that you you have a little bit of time to to chop it up with us, man. That's that's really great. My first question to you, sir. Um, is what is the first thing you think about when you think about self-discovery? First thing I think about when I think about self-discovery is fear, right? Um, the, the idea of going within to discover things new, uh, old, uh, is a very fearful place for a lot of people. I know it is for me. I say is as in present tense because self-discovery uh, is a lifelong journey uh, predicated on the fact that you're open to it. So self-discovery is a very scary place because it's new. Uh, it's unknown um, until you get in there and dig around and find out some things good, bad, and indifferent. And also you get to experience for yourself that there's safety in there. It's going to be painful to go in there, uh, but there's some safety in there. And you only get that through lived and learned experiences. No words, no coaching, no counseling will do that for you. You must get into the crevices of your own self-discovery journey. And quite frankly, it's terrifying. It's terrifying, man. I was not expecting you to say fear. I think that's so interesting that you say that, though, because that is the the main reason we do or don't do something. 
because of something that we're afraid of. It's our main motivator, avoidance. When did you realize that was your your um, your holding spot? When did you realize that it was just fear? It wasn't finances. It wasn't um, you know community. It wasn't. You know, because there's a lot of times we don't do things for perfectly legitimate reasons. We have, you know, intellect that will justify just about any behavior. Let's be real. And um, whether it's good or bad, we have this idea of ourselves that we protect because it's all we know. We don't rationalize protecting it out of fear. And so I think it's very interesting that you you said it's fear. What what makes where did you come to that conclusion? What what tripped that for you? So it's 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 the feelings uh, around it. It's the emotions around it that really creates the sense of fear, at least for me and all of the hundreds and thousands of people that I've worked with. I think uh, as a culture, as a norm, we have all been taught to get them up here, right? You know, learn the knowledge, the information, uh, the skill sets, you know, not many of us have, not many of us have been taught to drop down in our heart space, right? And our solar plexus and our, in, in the space where we feel all this stuff, we're so used to kind of, as you've heard me say, okay, we're hijacking uh, how we feel with how we think, right? And it goes so much to say that even if you ask somebody, like, how you feel, they'll respond with how they think, right? Because the programming is, you know, like, how you feel? Well, you know, I was thinking like, you know, like that's the programming. And so for me, after uh, taking the traditional route of gathering information, whether it's education and careers and family and the thing, money, things that you mentioned, uh, I realized when things got tough for me emotionally, that I could no longer uh, overcompensate here, right? I had to really be with myself on a feely, emotive standpoint, and it didn't feel good. Matter of fact, it felt deadly. It felt mm. not, 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 not fearful, like danger, like you know, my equivalent to like, man, this is. I feel like I'm gonna die. That's how heavy the emotions was, and I couldn't outthink those feelings. I could not outthink those feelings. You know, people are like, oh, just focus on the positive. Say affirmations, blah, blah, blah. Mm-mm. Yeah, one or two feelings. But seven, eight, nine, ten, deep feelings that's coming out of nowhere. That's already in emotion standpoint. Like they're moving as energetic waves through you. Yeah, man, ain't no thinking going to really halt that once that train gets started. And so I had to crash in order to surrender after I was no longer in denial that I could outthink my way to feeling better. And I did crash. And the good, the best thing about crashing is that self-discovery is inevitable because when you crash, you already know, ain't no, there's only but one way to go. <laughs> when you hit rock bottom, there's only one way to go and that's back up. And so you must surrender. And oftentimes people are afraid to hit rock bottom. But it's one of the greatest gifts you can give to yourself on the self-discovery journey is rock bottom. Uh, You said it felt dangerous, not just didn't feel good. 
It felt dangerous. Yeah. Mm, there's a lot there. I think, you know, for myself, I felt that. Where it's more than unpleasant, it feels dangerous. You know, and I think there's been moments in all of our lives where, you know, we have felt dangerous to ourselves, to others, to somebody's happiness, to whatever. Um, and so I think that's that's interesting that you say that. And then the other thing you said that was really interesting was that you have to crash in order to stop certain things. Explain that. Why is that necessary? I... I it seems, I mean, why is that necessary? Right. So uh, for me, it was necessary. I don't, I used to think it was necessary across the board for everybody. I no longer think that. Uh, lots of people, it is. For me, it was necessary to sort of hit rock bottom and really uh, surrender, except ask for help, right? There was a lot of good things in the rock bottom space. Um, no denial, no hiding. I was forced to do my work and ask for help, right? And so I've won a lot, but then I've lost a lot as well. So, you know, you, you, I, I tried to drive from some of my, my, my wins, my achievements, my strong suits. It wasn't until rock bottom was like, bruh, you don't have it. Right? in terms of capabilities. I mean, you have capacity, you can get it, but you're gonna need some help. And so being hardwired to sort of achieve at the expense of my feelings was just something I never knew even existed. Mm. And then when life kind of came at me, oh, what seemed to be at the same time, uh, yeah, I, I, I hit rock bottom in all, in all areas in all areas right. so I don't I wouldn't go so far to say it's necessary uh, but for a lot of us it's the only way that we will learn by default to really surrender like alright <laughs> like I'm done like everything I tried is null and void I, and I'm making it worse the more things I try so I'm gonna let this crash and then hopefully I can rebuild and for me that's what I did mm. You said there's a lot of good things in the rock bottom space. That is powerful because it's the one thing we try to avoid. Correct. And I never think about that as more than a turning point, right? So when I think about rock bottom, I think something horrible has happened and now you have an opportunity to correct. Not that something horrible has happened and now you're, you have better tools. I never think about leaving rock bottom with tools, with intention, <laughs> not, not with tools. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a secret cabin or something. It's like, nah, you just hit and then you just get, you're determined not to go back to that place. I never thought about it as equipping you for more afterwards, you know, leaving with more than you actually had. You, it, it's That's just an interesting way to think about that. It is. And part of the self-discovery is that I get to, as an ongoing kid boy, continue to self-discover some of the earlier events in my life. Like, it, I, didn't, I didn't get rock bottom the first year. I hit rock bottom. 
not even a second. Uh. Your question was, we talking about self-discovery. And part of the self-discovery is hitting rock bottom. You can't self you don't even self-discover on the wins for so long. Like, hey, that's cool. That ain't self-discovery. That's winning. That's different. You said I didn't discover myself the first year that I hit rock bottom. Like, is that a perpetual state? I mean. Exactly. Right. Right. Because self-discovery is synonymous with recovery. And you're always on a journey of recovery. There's nowhere to arrive. Right. You're always just on the journey. You take a blow, you recover. You take a setback, you recover. You take a win, you recover. We don't think, we always think that there's some recovery with losses. Well, when you win, you get $20 million tonight, you got to recover. <laughs> some yeah. things gonna happen, right? So yeah. just, just like if you lost your house tonight, you gotta recover. Anything that comes, there's a recovery. So the journey is not the arrival, it's the process of recovery and gaining tools, strengths, and self-discovery along that journey. Wow. Oh my goodness, that is a lot. It is, it is, but it's doable. And I'm here to share that, it is doable. Do you feel like you have kind of mastered your self-discovery at this point? I mean, you're a therapist, you got, you know, 1.5 thousand degrees, you know. (laughs) You know, you've really been successful in helping other people. Do you feel like you have mastered that part of your journey of, of, keeping yourself in recovery? Uh, good question. No, emphatically no. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, I don't think that there's an arrival to declare self-mastery. Uh, I'm masterful in certain areas of my life. Like I can kind of dance in some scary places that some people can't. Right. Uh, and I've done the work and proved to myself that, you know, I can hang out here and, and come out still, still, still safe. Um, but I don't think because I I'm still on my purpose driven life, I know there's so much more to come. And so I would be crazy to say that I've mastered. I don't even think it where I've mastered or some of the stuff I've been through. Uh, mm. I'm back to a level of safety, but there's still some things that come from last week or two years that I like aha moments. And so I, I, I think of self-mastery as when ain't no more aha moments. And there's always some like, ah, damn, that was that. Okay. And so that's why I say, mm, I don't think no self-mastery. Uh, I'm masterful enough to help people along the journey, um, but I don't consider myself some self-mastered pers- person. Uh, in terms of the coming. Now, I got some comebacks. Uh, and I've been able to come back from some tough times, but I don't think that that's even considered mastering. Mastery. Uh, yeah. With the Y on it. I'm still mastering with the, I- <laughs> with the ING. And right. I think that'll always be the case. Okay. Wow. Man. Okay. He's how masterful. But I haven't mastered it. Um, you talked about some things that you are still recovering from. You talked about the fact that 
you have new tools having been in rock bottom. So what was, I mean, you can't tell me everything, obviously, but tell me something really difficult that you found at your rock bottom that you weren't aware was there and how you, how you dealt with it. Because I think that's the fear, right? We're afraid of what we'll find. We're afraid, you know, we don't associate rock bottom with tools. We associate rock bottom with pain. And so we fear that because, and we make that synonymous with self-discovery. Or, you know, we look at self-discovery like all the cute things. Like, I like to do this now, and I like to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I mean, sure, bro. I mean, absolutely. I'm not taking that from anybody. But I also think that there's a lot of filters that we have just created around ourselves and we use those as defaults so that we never truly have to face the fact that this one thing is what you've been living your life trying to avoid. Good point. So for you, what was something that you found at rock bottom that you didn't expect and that you learned how to deal with at rock bottom? Right. Good, good. So... (laughs) gonna sound weird. I learned intimacy at rock bottom. I learned really self let me let me let me clarify. I learned self intimacy in my rock bottom spaces. I learned and for me intimacy is safety plus security. Right? Safety plus security, right? So I've learned safety and security on a deeper level in the rock bottom arena than I ever did with external achievements ever, right? I learned how to trust myself. I learned how to be self-compassionate. I even learned how to be kind to myself in the rock bottom spaces, right? Now, it wasn't no easy journey, but that is the level of intimacy. So safety plus security is intimacy. And we we know that from being in other relationships, right? We know that from being in intimate relationships with our partners, but to have that in and of itself with yourself is a game changer. Because now you find yourself showing up being intimate with people you may casually come in contact with. For example, how we met. I can go into a space, sit on the panel, and be intimate. <laughs> right? Yeah. Safety plus security, self-compassion, authenticity, acceptance. There's no guilt, no shame. I am who I am. This is what I've been through. I'm unapologetic. I'm good. I'm proud of it and I'm here to help. (laughs) Man, that there are so many things that you're saying right now that are triggering because if, if any of my listeners, any of you guys um, relate to this, Um, It's difficult to feel both of those emotions at the same time. It really, really is for me. And so, you know, intimacy of emotion, of idea, of um, connection, you know, I think that becomes a challenge because... Like you said, the self-intimacy is not always there. Now, I spend a lot of time with myself, but that's you're talking about something different. You're talking about a different type of self-relationship. 
And I think for myself, who is is a bit of an introvert, um, although I extrovert well, <laughs> it's it's just different to hear you say that. Um, and I wonder, I don't know. I wonder how how that's achieved. Is so is it's not? It can't be from just spending time with yourself. You know, how do you achieve that level of self-intimacy where, the, where you're kind to yourself and you're giving yourself grace and all at the same time? Like all of those things don't happen at the same time with me. There's absolute resistance to every single one of those things individually, let alone they all just flow together like you just said. Sure. Right. Well, it's part of the healing, you know, and healing is a practice. And all of us know what it means to practice, whether it's our timetable, shooting a jump strop, shot, or swimming a backstroke. We've all had to practice at something. We don't equate practicing with who we are on a deeper emotional level. Healing is a practice. You gotta show up for yourself, not every day, every moment, right? Until you gain the necessary skills, confidence, awareness, that you could remain safe and secure. But the healing journey in and of itself is practice. So you put this in practice and you put this in practice. So what may seems that I'm coexisting with two different emotions, they're actually just right at each other. They go in this seamless thing. So I can feel good and feel sad and come back to good in record time without necessarily performing an action or behavior to make me feel a change in my emotions, right? That's mm. inside stuff. Now, this is stuff that not only had I, that I had to learn, but I had to put years of practice in because healing is a practice. Wow. Healing is a practice, y'all. You know, obviously, if we're going to heal and we're going to practice every day, um, we have to make space for that. We have to sacrifice something in order to make space for our own healing. What is something you would advise myself or listeners to sacrifice in order to make space for this healing practice? Good question. So I live by this mantra and I share with everybody that I'm privileged to work with. Put you first, cause no harm. And that shows up in a different way. Put you first, <laughs> cause no harm. And there's a million ways to do that. I'll give an example on how I do it. One of the ways that I practice my healing is that I'm intentional before I slumber and right when I awake. So the first hour of me being awake in an awakened sleep state after slumber is dedicated to me and only me. <laughs> so I wake up. Before I take my head off the pillow, I'm doing my breath work. I'm doing my affirmations. I'm stretching my limbs. Right? I haven't even put my head off the pillow. I just open my eyes. So I'm intentional the minute my eyes open. Right? Me, me. I'm feeling up. I'm checking in with myself emotionally, physically. I'm seeing if there's anything residual from the previous days. Right? Have I let things go from the previous day? Right? get up and then I make my bed which suggests that my dad started I'm not going back to bed 
I have set my agenda. I go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, still doing my ritual, grab me a glass of water, sit in my favorite reading chair, right? Hey, put on a pot of coffee or some tea, you know, eat some fruit or make a smoothie, light an incense, open my patio doors, let the stale air out, fresh air in. I haven't touched my phone. I haven't fired up my laptop. I haven't even walked into my office. I haven't done anything. First hour, first hour. Then I sit down, more breathing, checking in, checking in, checking in. Read something, meditate. That hour go, check more in with myself, keep way. Then I say, I'm ready for the world. Then I let y'all in. <laughs> grab my phone, right. grab my laptop, but I have it to give now. I've checked in. Goes back to being an enemy. I've checked on my safety and my security. So now I have it to give, right? So if an email come through or an invoice wasn't paid, I'm not at the effect of my life. I'm at the cause of my life. Explain that. I'm not at the effect of my life. I'm at the cause. So even if I get a not so good text or email, I've already fueled up. So that wouldn't cause me, right? I'm already in cause form. It wouldn't, right? Like I'm causing. So I, I'm not spent. I'm like, okay, well, that didn't go as planned. Okay, no worries. As opposed to rushing, hijacking, bypassing that, going to the office, grabbing my phone, bad news, crash, bam. Here's my day. Mm-mm. I'm not ready to roast it. So not so good email to text. I'm still, here. even if I come down here, I'm not here. I've already rose here. Yeah. So I have space to give. Yeah. Without Ooh, space. Yeah, so that's how I create space, spiritually, mentally, and physically, and definitely emotional. And that's just one way. Man, this is super great. This is super great. It reminds me of morning success ritual that Marquel always talks about. Marquel is a common friend of ours, a fantastic human being. You guys should go check him out, Marquel Russell. Um, yeah, that's... That's really so. I start that way, but man, I don't got it. I gotta, I gotta spend more time practicing. You, that just sounds smooth. I'm like, ah, oh, I want to do that. I do that like sometimes when I'm out of town, <laughs> right. but, I don't, but I don't, you know. But I don't, I can't. I feel like I can't quite sustain that on an everyday basis, and I want to so bad. So I gotta really. I gotta really discipline myself into doing that. Cause my first thing is I wanna go to the gym. You know, that's that's my first thing. But, and this is something I haven't really spoken on yet, but this is, I found that by getting up super early, I mean, obviously I enjoy going to the gym, but I was getting like three hours of sleep, four hours of sleep or something like that. I'm like, you're punishing yourself. You're not going to restore yourself. You're using this as an excuse to beat up on yourself because something else hasn't happened. And it felt like the only thing in my day I could control was going to the gym. And so I would just thrash myself in the gym. And don't get me wrong, you know, you look good, you know. So on the outside, people go, oh my goodness, you were, that's like, nah, bro. I'm not good, I'm not doing great, you know. But nobody sees that. And so I'm definitely trying to get that down, man. That's... That's, that sounds amazing. I'm I'm about to work on that. That is that sounds. And, and you know, quite frankly, I know plenty of people who start their day off like you just described, people by going by squeezing a work in as their ritual, right? 
Uh, obviously, you need adequate West to get it going. Um, uh, but brilliant, solid 30 olds like you, y'all can pull it off. Not below, but y'all can pull it <laughs> off, right? When you, when you get my age, you're going to do that slow ritual like I just described, right? When I was 30, I was half crazy like you too, bro. Yeah. Uh, right? so, 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 so there's a place. The, the key, as you know, is, is the balance. I actually work out at night. I work out in the, in the, anywhere between 10 at night and, and 1 in the morning. So I'm just the opposite. I end my days with workout. I leave all the things that I've taken on for people in on the gym floor. Okay. Right. So my days of being sexy and swole are over with. Thank you. Because I'm fit. <laughs> Although I still like to look good. But I work out because I got to work out. Right. And it's more about me staying balanced. I can take a few muscles. But my main, my main thing is I got to stay sane. And the gym provides me by leaving it. So whatever I accumulated, I leave it on the gym floor and let mm -hmm. the muscles and the sexiness and the vitality be my bonus. <laughs> but my right. real workout is I got to release this, this energy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So no optimal way, you know, just what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about changing my routine up. I'm thinking about like dedicating one or two days, one to three days a week to working out early in the morning. And then the other two to three days doing something different, like maybe it's yoga or or some like wrestling or boxing or something like that. Like because I have to I have to figure out my sleep, bro. I don't sleeping has been a challenge for a long time. Yeah. And I and it's and I, that's what I mean. Like, so hearing you say that, that's why I'd be so triggered when you be talking, because I feel like you talking to me. I'm like, man. You don't really, you really don't have to go that far. Like, we, this is just a podcast interview. <laughs> I promise this. That's only the universe. I promise I ain't doing it on purpose. Listen, if you out there, you getting triggered. This is this is just this is just his frequency, and it's a blessing, which is why I brought him on the show. Fantastic human being. So, as as a therapist. Um, and you got a successful practice and things like that. Now, what's something that you wish um, you had learned? Like, no, you wish somebody had told you going into creating um, something that could service more people. You know, what was something that, um, that that you just didn't expect and that you had to figure out? So I didn't really get the importance of going to therapy uh, just as a, a way of life. Right, not like you don't have to get into a jam or crash out to go to therapy, right? Uh, and there's different variations of therapy in terms of what that means for individuals. Now I did therapy coming up as a teenager. My mom uh, took me to therapy and it ended up being family therapy. But as I got older, I didn't know the importance of going to therapy to sort of get in front of some of the things that I knew life would present me with. Um, and so had I known that, you know, I think it would have made a difference. So I actually advocate for people, whether you go once a quarter, once a month or whatever, just to kind of check in. And I equate it way to your accountant, your attorney, your dentist and your doctor. Ain't nothing got to be wrong. But if something wrong, you are already late on any of those. <laughs> doctor, right. dentist. So I equate that to finding a good counselor or therapist and really having that as part of one of your team members as being on your squad, particularly high functioning individuals like yourself, just having that 
have like keeping things balanced, having fresh ears, fresh eyes, a different connection. Um, and so I didn't get the importance of what therapy means as having a quality of life and what how that fitted it fit into success more so than something's broken and you need to go fix it by way mm-hmm. of a therapist. So that's what it means to me now. <clears throat> more like preventative medicine. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you're a therapist that regularly goes to therapy. Are there therapists that don't regularly go to therapy? They, there are plenty of them. Yeah. Really? But I also see a lot of therapists. <laughs> I see a lot of therapists. I see a lot of medical okay. doctors. I see a lot of people who are charged with serving a lot of people. But there are therapists. And I often tell people, as you're looking for a therapist, Make sure that they that your therapist has a therapist. Right? That's a really good note there for all of us, you know, who are uh, dabbling or considering venturing into the um, therapy world. There's a lot of great resources out there, and I think I've never heard anybody say that honestly. Is make sure your therapist has a therapist. Um, so that their own reflections are clear rather than them trying to try things out on you unintentionally. Yeah, I mean, make sure your trainer has a trainer. Make sure your coach has a coach. Yeah, yeah. That's really great. So when you're when you're in rock bottom, you're going through your self-development process. You're going through your self-discovery process. You're finding new things, new tools, you're also going to find a lot of the old stuff. You're also going to find a lot of the limiting beliefs. You're also going to find a lot of the old doctrines, a lot of the old cultural snags. Uh, they may come from gender or race or community or or ethnic background or wherever it is that you, know, you come from. When you're in your self-discovery space, that's a part of that fear, right? Is is discovering all those things that you don't allow anybody else to see. So how do you overcome those voices? How do you overcome those bombarding what you know beliefs that you've had which feel and I'm just going to be vulnerable, they feel as real as everything else. They're most more times than not, they are all you have felt for a long time. And so how do you overcome that? How do you start to chip away at something that you relate to as easily as you relate to your own identity? In fact, you think that's a part of your identity. How do you do that? Right. So good, great question. Uh, so what shows up for me as, as, I, as I listen to you is that most of us have been conditioned to think a certain way. Very few of us have been led to feel a certain way, right? Right? And so there has to be a willingness to give yourself permission to feel fully, right? Furthermore, you know, when we have all these indoctrinations, these ideas, whether they're culturally based, race-based, gender-based, and any, any other normalcies that we all have as part of our personal traditions, we have to get for ourselves that most of them are in the space of thoughts and ideas then our feelings around like we'll just do stuff because that's what always been done we never considered how we felt about half the stuff we've done 
So what we have to start doing is questioning those thoughts. Feeling the feelings, questioning the thoughts. What do I mean further, right? So the thoughts always need to be questioned, even the best, right? Even the best thoughts are meant to be questioned. Feelings are meant to be felt. Feel your feelings. They are as real, if not more real, than your thoughts. Your thoughts will be fluid if you're open to it. And most of the, all of the best thinkers and successful people I know are in a space and time of their life where they are open to being questioned about the thoughts. And I mean solid thoughts from two weeks ago. They are open to questioning their thoughts and they have been learning how to finish their feelings, right? That's different. So we have to uncollapse what this means. We've been indoctrinated, but mostly ideas. We formulate our personality as a group of behavior. It ain't indicative of how we really feel about ourselves. That comes through the self-discovery journey, mm. right? Like you said, I do very well as an extrovert, but really I'm an introvert. I'm the same way. <laughs> My culture made me an extrovert. You're a lively guy. It is. Come on, man. It is. When I go back to all the, before, when I was a little boy, I'm good with being by myself. I recharge because here is the really, really spiritual definition from what I learned regarding introversion and extroversion. It's not so much of your personality based on whether you are the life of the party or whether you're some quiet shot. No, that ain't it, right? That's personality. Introvert and extrovert is where you derive your power from. Some of us derive our power by getting quiet, taking time out. Like, I got to check in and go in. Other people wake up, they need to be tapped in from other human beings. We know that. Some people do very well by waking up in the morning, grabbing their phone, getting stimulated by other actions and that. That's how they tap in. That's how they get their power. Others like me, I need to be chill in my zen moment. I need to fuel up, then serve. Right? Yeah. So, so introversion and extroversion is where you get your power, outside of you or inside of you. Wow. Mm. This is this is a lot. You said thoughts are meant to be questioned. That fundamentally is 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 jarring because our conscious mind, our analytical brain, our thoughts are what most of us depend on to help us navigate situations. And if those very things are the ones that are betraying us, that we should be questioning, it just seems like a rabbit hole, man. Like, that's why self-discovery is scary because you feel like you're going to fall down this never-ending rabbit hole and never land. You know? That's wild, man. Oh. So what would be the number one suggestion that you gave someone who needs to start their self-discovery journey? Maybe they're in a job, they're realizing, you know, COVID is over and they're not happy with their life. Maybe they're in a marriage, maybe they're in a relationship, maybe they're, you know, you know, in, in, in some situation, maybe they're have um uh, you know any number of life 
situations. Maybe they're experiencing some gender preference bias or, or discrimination. Um, maybe they are, they're on the spectrum of any number of life-changing decisions. Where do you start the, the brave process of traveling to your own rock bottom? Great, great, great question. So I offer people to slow down, get still, quiet down, slow down. If the pandemic hadn't taught us anything, is that it's not much happening. <laughs> when the world came to an end, we all was forced to slow down. That is the gift of COVID, is that all of us, against all, most people's will, that they were forced to slow down. Now, when you slow down, the scary part is you will be confronted with yourself because all your thoughts and feelings are gonna come. You can't hide behind work, <laughs> can't hide behind going out to the restaurant, can't hide behind going to the clubs, can't even hide behind daily stuff like going to the cleaners or the dentist. All of us were confronted with facing ourselves and our fears from COVID, from the pandemic. I offer people to take that on willingly to slow down, like check in with yourself, get quiet, practice being present. One of the best ways to practice being present is through breath work. Be intentional about breathing, right? Check in with yourself. Those are some basic things. Now, when we talked about the previous point, keep way about the thoughts and all of the stuff that now we have to give ourselves permission to question, I offer people to remember that most of our trauma and experiences are in the body, neck down. It's more neurons, all of the information is here. They're very, they're just the brain, they're very, the brain takes a stronger message from the body than the body takes from the brain. Mm. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. uh, everything's here, Every, everything is here. All your trauma, all your excitement, you don't think excitement, you feel excitement. Felt your eighth birthday. You don't be thinking. Now you can add thought to the feelings to add the narrative to describe it, but we feel that, right? This is this is where it all is. So if we spend time being in our bodies, finishing those feelings, this is just mostly for practical purposes. Turn left, do this, pay this amount, read this. That's fine, <laughs> but that ain't the work. Mm -hmm. That's the training from pre-K to where we are now. That's the training. The gift is really being in the body. I work with a number of MDs, high-functioning folks. They so busy being in here. They just learning to be in the body. Finish those feelings. Don't feel good? Be cool for a minute. Feel great? Run that out. <laughs> Feeling disappointed? Be cool for a minute. Feeling guilty? Be cool for a minute. Finish that. Finish that. Embody that. Hang out with that. Hang out with that. Those are some of the basic ways to be able to, to sort of welcome in where you don't have to hit rock bottom. Right? You don't have to hit rock bottom to learn how to tap within. Yeah. I don't even know what to say, man. I don't even know whether I'm a human or not now. You're giving me so many different ways to think about just my process of processing. 
you know? Like, I filter everything through my head. You know, I have my own spiritual beliefs and things like that, and those add context, but I try to be very mindful that I don't allow the programming that's associated with spiritual beliefs to impact what I'm actually supposed to be getting. And I filter all of this (laughs) through my brain. And the way that you're describing this, it just really, it's work. It's a, it sounds so much harder than what I feel like is difficult, you know? And the practice of slowing down, I mean, that's the only thing that resonates. I don't feel like you could do it any other way. Um, you know, so for any, any of my audience, any of you guys who are listening to this, you feeling a little bit overwhelmed. I think that's the whole point, right? Is, is to realize that there's no way to do it outside of slowing down and taking them one feeling at a time. Cause I, I, you know, and, and you know, the environment, you know, that we met in, you know, we, it's, it's a very high powered thinking and problem solving and, um, Everyone expects you to do well. They encourage you to do well. So one, it's a community. It's a retreat. It's a business group that I'm a part of. It's called CAU. Um, and it's one of the only environments that I've ever been in where people literally expect and want you to achieve on the highest level. More times than not, that's triggering for people. They don't want you to. And so when you got up and you started to talk about some of these concepts and how you need to slow down and stuff like that, that's difficult. That's that's difficult. And and so, um, you know, you just saying all of this is it's got my wheels turning. I don't know about y'all listening to this, but I'm like, wow, how am I going to manage? Well, I'm gonna, I got I'm going to have to start at, at, at one because this is just a lot, man. That's amazing. Well, ahead, this wears us out. This is exhausting, right? Yes. We, all of us, filter through, right? But we filter, yeah. as you know, which called, which, which is referred to as cognitive distortions. So the mere fact that it's filtered through means it's going to get distorted, which is the best part, which reminds us that it could always be questioned. So the feelings are real. The thoughts are always to be questioned because we know that there's a high probability of being cognitively distorted. We got logic and reasoning, we got black and white, we got catastrophic, we got minimizing, maximizing, like all of those are filters. All of those are cognitive distortions. The thing comes in, we shoot it through the distortions. Without saying, right, because the overwhelming starts here. We think it's a feeling, right? The overwhelming starts here with inundated with information. The way to get present to that let's use the, the environment we met in, is to get present through the breath work, to slow down on the inside. The environment is moving fast. We present and we talking. We still have power and control to slow it down. I listen better when I'm slowing it down. So when I focus on my breath, I'm not distorting, I'm not filtering, I'm taking it in. But I'm slowing my body down, my nervous system down. And this is part of that intimacy, Kip because I'm building internal safety and security as the world trying to come at me. And I get to tell myself, you're safe, bro. You're good, bro. 
everything's fine here. Nothing's wrong here. So now I get to put my head and my heart in alignment, right? It's like mom and dad, yin and yang. I got mom saying, you're good. I got dad said, look, bro, you're killing this. It's all right, you'll get it, right? And I got, I got that. But I have to sync it up. And I have tools to do that. And one of the best ways is to get present through breath work. That's a that's that's really helpful, especially you know for you know as a as a man you really don't want to show. Well, I'm gonna speak for myself. In my own journey, it has been difficult, and I've learned to show more vulnerability and more and accept more help. And I think that's a really great, tangible, easy way to start, just by practicing some breath work. You know, just by practicing your breath work. You know, if you're not ready to go to a therapist or you're not ready to start doing this or that, you know, let let us all start with the breath work. And that's and that's and that's something easy. It's free um, because I've, I've, there's so many of us, man. There's so many of us. Like the more I work, I do on myself. I see some of the bondage that other people are in. Because I recognize things, even even in my own state of, of working through stuff, you recognize like, bruh, that's gonna hurt later. That that's gonna hurt later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's gonna hurt later. You know, and and I don't feel like, and I'm everything you've said so far. You know, I completely relate to um, and need to work on. You know, so that breath, I think, is is. I, I got to work that in in my morning routine, man. I got to work that in. You'll find that you can squeeze it in, right? You, it'll, it'll become a part of who you are, right? And I mean intentional birth work. Obviously, we're all here for breath. Let me give you an example of me. Like, before I, I finished up a session, I had an hour between hour interview, right? So in between the hour, I become intentional. I lay down across my couch, get some breath work. I had to clear my space because I committed to the agreement of doing an interview with you. So I had to let go of my other stuff. I got one hour because I've been doing this for years. I can get it done in an hour. So I get present through my breath work and I lay down for 10 minutes. And I read over our notes, the email you sent while I'm breathing. Make sure I got it. When I know I got it, I go back to the breath work. I hit the zoom link. So that's just me being good to myself and getting present with you. So I so you can have my presence. I ain't thinking about my bills, what I'm gonna do later, but I got to get my body and my mind ready. And I practice it enough to be like breath work is here. Let go the last session with the client. Mr. Cooper's on his way. I've laid down 15 minutes, taking several cycles of deep breath. I've read over the notes. I'm ready. Man. One hour. Fantastic, man. Right, one hour. So I get it done in an hour because I do it every morning in an hour. Yeah. So when I put it on my calendar, I'm good. My like I know I got that hour. I have plenty of time. I'm good. That's <laughs> incredible, man. I gotta get like you, man. Uh so listen, um man, 
it, we we've been on here for a minute. I should let you go. Uh, Man, let's rock out. I'm done when you're done. Going back to the breath work. Going back to accessibility. Going back to being present. I'm gonna ask you this because it's just a point blank question. Some of you all this may not apply to, but um, as as black men, what do you think would be the easiest way for us to approach and break down barriers with our own mental health? Can you repeat that one more time, Lieutenant? As as black men. What do you think the easiest, most accessible approach to mental health wellness uh, would be? How do we how do we get past the ego, the vulnerability, the fear of never being safe? You know, this is this. There's no. I mean, I'm not saying you got to have whatever answer, but in your opinion, you've done a lot of this work. What would you say would be the easiest way? It's a great question. I, I would say that as black men, um, we learn best from people who look like us. We learn through lived experiences, right? Uh, I've come to I've come to know that words don't teach; only experiences teach. And if we could align ourselves with a brother who looks like us, who has been through a serious, similar journey. Um, if he black in this in this country in this world he has uh find a brother who has not even done the work but is doing the work because one of the things about taking on your mental health therapy even from a formal standpoint your healing also comes through connection so you come see my clients can come through all they come see me all day i don't hang out with them (laughs) they can do one session a week their healing comes when they're living their lives i give them the tools they take what we share in the session, they go back in their lives. And one of the way to heal is to align with the brother who looks like them, right? Connection, mentor, coach, father, brother, partner, homeboy, coworker, right? And so there's a number of strands that come with your healing journey, right? It can even go to the opposite. You know a brother who's going through there. Start that conversation with the hopes that you will eventually formalize it because you know that healing, formalization, the formal approach to mental health is the tool acquisition. It's the secret sharing. It's the uh, the self-awareness. But the connection of healing, excuse me, the healing is through your connection. Right. Right? Through your connection, right? So, so you get to reflect back on how you're now showing up as this new self-discovered you. And that only comes through relationships. Right, so there's two ways. You can jump in therapy, get your stuff, get started on your work, <clears throat> and then take what you've learned about yourself and help co-heal somebody else, or you can align with a brother who's doing the work and eventually formalize. Uh, at some point, you're gonna need both, and so it starts with podcasts like this with two brothers talking, being vulnerable, showing. It starts like everything affects everything, right? Start following folks you aspire to or who energizes you, right? Like we all kind of use social media to blow off staying land across the bed or whatever we do, which has its place, right? But also let's start lining up with 
brothers who really are doing the work. Even if we don't agree with all the things they're doing, let's just see what they're talking about. Mm. Wow. So you think the self-discovery mental health journey for us starts with us sharing our stories more and communicating that more with each other because there's healing in that there's a lot we hold a lot of trauma guilt and shame just as men you you you, you shared it at the beginning of this before we were recording right we yeah. all hold that there's freedom in that expressing that 10 times out of 10 you're gonna run into another human being in blackmail form to be like, I get you, bro. Not only have I been there, I'm there. <laughs> You're not alone, right? Uh -huh. The scary part is we think it's uniquely us. I'm alone, this guilt and shame. Look, guilt and shame is easy to work through when you know you're not alone. The whole notion of being traumatized with guilt and shame is that at some point, you had to carry it alone. Three years old, five years old, 10 years old, nine years old, 12 years old, 14 years old. You go all the way through your 30s. You don't do your work. Here come 40s. You ain't doing your work. Here come 50s. You're going to crash. You don't do, the longer you prolong your work, the more you are guaranteeing your crash. Mm. Oof. That's heavy, man. It's hard. It's heavy. We carry a lot. We carry racism, microaggressions. We carry trauma. We carry a lot. We just need this help. We just need somebody to help show us how to carry it differently. We can do it. We got it. We just need somebody to help us carry it and show us when how to carry it different where it just doesn't destroy us. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Mm -mm. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. You said that that's a few a times, Kipway. You said lot. that, but that about your fourth time saying that, bro. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's that's part of what I'm trying to do. Everything that that I do, I'm trying to normalize us doing it. I'm trying to normalize us speaking on it you know i said before this interview um one of the reasons why i am so grateful to have you on here is because we have to normalize having these conversations you know as black men we gotta normalize reading the books or listening to the podcasts or listening to the audiobooks we have to you know i feel like you know and this is again for some of you all who are not you know, black and you're not male, you know. This is a responsibility that that I feel like is, is very important. And so, you know, with all the other things that are televised and sensationalized, I know this is something personally that I want to make sure that, that I do. So I appreciate you for answering that point blank question. asking it man I, I know it's helpful absolutely so I know it's helpful. um all right this is the part in the episode man where uh 
We gotta, we gotta get a thought exercise, man. I know you've been giving us gems, but we want more. We want more. And so every episode, we give, uh, we we ask our guests for a thought exercise. Thought exercise is just something personal that you do that helps you, and that if anybody is like you, anybody who relates to you at all, um, can practice, and you can start doing right now. You ain't gotta call nobody. You. You know, but you can start doing it right now. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, man, where you leave with a lot of good information, but you ain't got really know where to start. You just kind of like, wow, all right, that was a really great conversation. What do I do now? I mean, I guess I could go buy the product or buy those products that I heard about, you know, which is there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that's your step. They just told you where to go. Go get it. But. For those who are processing right now, where should they start? You got a thought exercise for us? I do, and it's in the form of one question. All right. right. So here's what I offer. I offer to ask oneself this daily. What's it like to be with you? What's it really like to be with you? Not do with you, not create with you, not hang with you, not dance with you. Be with you. And let's start there, like checking in with yourself. You can go so far and ask what's it like to be with you personally. You can go so far and ask what's it like to be with you professionally. You can ask what's it like to be with you intimately. You can ask yourself, what's it like being with me? You can ask your children, what's it like being with me as your mom? You can ask your parents, what's it like being with me as your child? But more importantly, get in the practice of asking yourself, hmm, what's it like being with me? To jumpstart your self-discovery journey. What's it like being with me? Ugh. Right. Again. Right. Good, bad, and different, everything. What's it like being with you? I'm writing these down. Mm-hmm. What's it like? Ask yourself that. What's it like being with me? Check in. What's it like? What was it like being with me last night? What was it like being with me today? What's it like? So there's a lot in that. There's there's projection, there's empathy. There's a lot in that. But it really gets you to, because when this was asked to me, I was like, man, I ain't never heard that before. <laughs> and when I, I mean, asked I people, want to. yeah, people asked that, that was like, what did you just ask me? And I bring it out of nowhere too, Kip Way. I'd be like, what's it like being with you? They'd be like, what? <laughs> what's it like? You know you. And if we don't, if you don't, we about to get to know you. What's it like to be with you? People say a lot of different things after they spend some time tapping in. That's a, ugh. Wow. All right, y'all. We got homework for days over here. Listen, feel free at this point 
to go ahead and like screenshot this episode or download it to your phone because if you're anything like me you probably got to listen to this a couple times so feel free to to really take some time and digest this i know we run through social media really fast but go ahead and put a pin in this and and listen to it a couple times because i I know for myself I, i have to do that i can't you know it's just too much to digest so um man that is a great thought exercise and so simple yeah it is it's yeah. complex but wow. simple oh my goodness dr kurt you have been tremendously helpful you have been tremendously insightful and uh man i just can't thank you enough how can we how can we engage with you how can we show up for you and support you um where can we find you online? You got any books, any literature we can read, any any things we can get involved in? How can we show up? Thank you. Thank you. I'm all over there. I'm all I'm all on social media, Instagram, I am Dr. Kurt. Facebook, Dr. Curtis D. Jasper, Twitter, Dr. Curtis D. Jasper. Got a couple websites out there. You can Google me, Amazon, got about five different books out there, workbooks and journals and uh, different books on personal development and relationships. Um, I'm not hard to find. I welcome interacting. I think it's I'm honored to do uh, shows like yours because this is the work, right? And I jokingly tell people, you want to get your free session, invite me on your show. <laughs> the, the caveat is <laughs> make sure that your listeners get a free session as well. And that's cool, right? And, and that's what it's really about. Two brothers really being open and vulnerable and sharing not only with other brothers, but, but people who love brothers, right? And that's yeah. everybody. We know that's everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one form of fashion. Right. You ain't got to hide it. Exactly. You ain't got to even admit it. But that's, I tell people, I work with black men and those who love us. Uh, and so, you know, check me out. You know, let's just engage, man. I learned on my own self-discovery by interacting with people. It's not about me. Uh, I'm just one vessel, one vehicle. I'm still learning. I've committed my life to personal development. And I'm at a point now where I'm solid with who I am. I got a lot of lived experience and I just want to make a difference. I'm clear about the power of healing as an individual. And then that individual heals their family. And then that family heals their community and that community heals this nation. And so I'm clear about things like that. And uh, yeah, man, let y'all in Unless the good Lord or the universe bless me to do something else, I think I'm gonna run this out as being That's on purpose too. Worthy to, to thing you're notice. doing, man, and you're incredibly gifted at it. I'm so thrilled to share your presence, man. We got to figure out. Um, we got to talk offline about how we can really do more of this, even more intentionally. I got a couple ideas. I got a couple ideas. So for any of y'all listening, go find I am Dr. Kurt on Instagram, Dr. Curtis Jasper on Facebook. Go and send him a message. Send him a message and tell him thank you. Thank you for a free session. Thank you for all the insight. <laughs> thank you for for being there. Like this is this is this is work. This is work, y'all. And it is really a blessing to have people who will so selflessly give of their time. Um, it, it really is. In a world where everything is monetized, 
you know, that's one of the things I love about podcasts is the fact that, you know, you can create an environment where people just want to give, not because they're getting something out of it, but just because they desire to give something of value. And that is disappearing, man. That is disappearing. And you can do that through podcasting. So um, thank you so much for being here, man. Uh, I'm definitely... Oof, I'm gonna have some things to send to you, sir. Uh, and I will let you know absolutely when this is all ready to go on, on the podcast, man. This has been incredible. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm honored. Thank you for sharing your platform with me. I see you doing amazing things. I know that you are the blueprint for a podcast. So anybody in your audience, if they Look, if they thinking about starting a podcast, they need to tap in and they need to tap in like yesterday because I've done a bunch of these podcasts long before podcasts was even a popular thing. And by far, your quality is up there from all of your follow-up, your scheduling, your disclosures, your quality, like you, you are on it. And I'm not just saying that. And I do a lot of these. So you're killing it in the podcast arena. Uh, want to think about it they better tap in because i don't think you're gonna be available too much longer bro (laughs) (laughs) listen i appreciate it so much i appreciate it man thank you so much for being here and y'all listen to the man tap in you know (laughs) for sure all right man listen thank you so much for being here Uh, i'll let you go thank uh, you man i'll talk to you soon well you know i'm you know we rock offline but thank you oh yeah Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, brother. I All right, Mr. Cooper. You. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Yes, sir. Later, man. Later. Empower You Podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.